What's good, folks? Welcome into the Mid-State 48, where we try to get you ready for this week in 48 minutes or less. Welcome into week five. My name is Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton, and usually we have a third man in Tom Duggan, but he is trying to get moved. So he is out this week due to house stuff. That's right, Chris. You're going to have to carry the team. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot to ask. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, Scott, it's week five already. I don't want to say that the season is flying by, but it's flying by. It's flying by. I, it, I mean, I was looking at, uh, truthfully, I was looking at the our YouTube channel uh, and looking at the dates. And, you know, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the practices and the scrimmages and the jamborees. And I was like, now look at the time and be like, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you know, I was like, wow, that, that just seemed like it was yesterday, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's incredible how it's flying by. Uh, it just really isn't. It's, it's great. It's great to have football. It's just horrible that it seems to be such a short window of time. It sure feels like it. I mean, you know, we are into, we're nearly at the halfway point for some teams. Some teams will play their fifth game this week. And, you know, at this point, they're halfway to the regular season being over for them. It's just, it's wild to imagine that. But the first first month has been so full of a lot of things and a lot of news. And one thing we want to start out talking about it is a game that has been added to the schedule. And we've been talking about games being canceled and whatnot for COVID or whatever. But next week on Thursday night, Lipscomb Academy and Oakland will play each other at Oakland. Yeah, it's the uh, the battle that everybody asked for, and they made it happen. Hats off to both uh, Coach Creasy and and Coach Delfer for making this happen. Uh, it really is going to be one of those two heavyweights going at each other. It's really going to be interesting to see, you know, what Oakland does against somebody that has that much firepower as or what seems to be as much firepower as they do. Yeah, it really uh, will be. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, a must-see uh, for a lot. You know, if, if you're anywhere near that game, you probably want to head over there and see it. Yeah. Yeah, and good for Thursday night, too. With the, It can be in the entire spotlight for high school football that week because, you know, you're not overshadowing anybody else. You've got the stage all to yourself. And – it worked out perfectly perfectly for both teams because both of them were due to be off next week. Both of them have had games canceled for one reason or another. Oakland had two, so they have had they desperately needed to find another game to get in their schedule. And it's great for both programs. It's gonna be great for high school football in the area to see two teams as strong as they are on the field against each other. It's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, and um and you mentioned uh, the games that Oakland didn't have, and and truthfully, nothing is guaranteed or promised or uh, with just the way circumstances are now. So getting that extra game in when you can is is a great idea and a great thing. Um, you know, you got to, you know, I, I, I'm sure South Pitt will maintain their commitment, but even they're having some issues, and that kind of just puts kind of a little question mark over. Uh, that game since it was such a strange matchup. Yeah, with uh, their coach heading back to the Canadian Football League after only being in there for one game. Yeah. Unfortunate for those kids down there at South Pittsburgh. 
And that game's going to still be on the schedule, but you know, it, it is, it's impactful for, for that program in South Pittsburgh for the rest of the year. Right. And just, it's a tough situation for the kids and a, a, a bad look all around for, for the coach. I mean, yeah, well, you know, he's going to Canada. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the one the one good thing is that, you know, he, he's actually leaving the country. <laughs> and the folks down there probably are thinking it's a good thing because yeah. and they're well, really he, upset about it. Right, and uh, I don't know that they'll let him across the border to do anything about it. So, <laughs> But uh, let's talk about week four and the couple of games that we had last week. You were up at White House against – then they had Portland for their traditional rivalry game, which turned out to be a score fest that we didn't necessarily expect. No, you know, we knew Portland was better this year. We we knew that they had made strides and were winning games. It's, it's really, first of all, it's great to see both teams being competitive. And this game, you know, early on did not go the way a lot of people thought it would go. Portland actually came out and, you know, hit, you know, big plays. Uh, you know, they did a good job of, uh, you know, get you know, making a few stops. Into the first half, they actually had the lead and should have actually had a long, a bigger lead. But uh, two things happened. One, they, they had a long pass uh, brought back, a wide receiver. Um, you know, he taunted a, a player, and so – Basically, it cost them time because basically sent the ball back on. They eventually scored, but it cost them about another two minutes off the clock. And why that's important is because they had first and goal inside the five and only got one play at the end of the first half. They have a couple more minutes. They may score, go up two touchdowns on White House, may change the dynamic of the game. But to White House's credit, they stuffed them on uh, first goal, first and goal with five seconds left. They go in, in into the into the uh, cl- uh, clubhouse, into the field house, and from what Coach Hamilton told me, he knew Portland was going to hit big plays. It's what they do. It, it is their offense. They they thrive on big plays, and he told his team, "Look, they're going to hit us. They're going to take their shots at us." Make the tackle, shake it off. We get out here and do it again. Made a couple defensive adjustments at the half, and really the third quarter was a story because uh, they end up uh, holding Portland to four plays, only four plays in the third quarter, and managed to get uh, tied the score going into the fourth, where they essentially put it away from there. Yeah, and watching some of the highlights, you talk about the big plays. There are big plays on both sides in that game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, especially towards the end of the game, you could tell the depth of Portland may have been an issue because White House, uh, towards the end, they they had a couple of big runs, and that that defense was gassed. Yep. Uh, big win for White House, and that rivalry's been closed for a long time, and, you know, it's it's good for the White House going forward. We're actually going to see the Blue Devils again this week on Thursday night. We'll talk more about their game against Waverly later on in this show. Over at Gordonsville, our spotlight game of the week, the Tigers, who were number eight in 1A, facing 10th-ranked Eagleville. That one you know, kind of had some big plays early on, but a lot of, a lot of it was due to some Gordonsville mistakes. And you know, the Tigers turned the ball over a couple of times in the first half. Eagleville 
capitalized immediately, throwing touchdown passes from Marcus Collins to Caden Snitzer twice in the second quarter and led 14-13 at the half. The biggest thing for Gordonsville out of this game, though, was their running game got going a little bit. Entering the contest, they had minus 22 yards rushing. Well, they got that back to zero and the right side of it in one drive and really in one play with Matthew Albritton running the show. He had like a 36-yard run on the first series that got them going. And from there, Gordonsville's defense did the rest because Eagleville only had one trip inside of Gordonsville territory in the second half. And the, the running game for Gordonsville got going, but they threw it well again as they have in the first three games of the season. So the Tigers get their offense getting a little bit better. They're hoping to get a couple of key offensive linemen back this week for a game that they just added on the schedule at Stewart County. That's going to be a good game for them, I think. Uh, Stewart County's a tough, tough team. Uh, and that's quite that's quite a haul over to Dover. Yeah. Uh, and in but, our uh, next segment, we'll, we'll actually talk – we'll actually make a point about that particular game in, in, a, in a new segment we've got coming up. So uh, – that's, uh, that's coming up in the next segment. want to mention a new sponsor to our coverage here on 615 Preps. That is Innovate Medical. Scott, you know a little bit more about them? Oh, Innovate Medical? Yes. Uh, they uh, manage, uh, they manufacture um, medical equipment. Uh, they're based out of Murfreesboro, and they are big supporters of high school uh, and uh, athletics in the area, and they reached out to us. Um you know, uh, and, you know, saw an opportunity and, you know, we're going to help them, uh, you know, hope, hope they help them build their business and they're going to in turn support all the high school athletics and uh, that, uh, that they can. So uh, we appreciate them coming on board with us. Uh, we're excited about uh, the partnership. And uh, like I said, it's, it's just a good thing all the way around. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with a new segment called The Mailbag. Uh, this is the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps. We're right back after this. Back here on the Mid-State 48, getting ready for week number five and some good games to talk about this week. But first, Scott, uh, something else you wanted to mention before we get started. Oh, you're talking about the new 615 Preps uh, faded tea. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Isn't that something? Um, yeah, we, uh, we developed a new t-shirt. Uh, it is very, very soft. I mean, it's luxuriously soft. I think our, uh, uh, right now, I think one of our videographers had her eye on that one. Uh, but yeah, you can order this in any size you need to, uh, those of you on, uh, listen to the podcast, go, uh, you can go to our, uh, social media. There'll be a picture of it there. It'll also be on our website, uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, these shirts right now are $25 a piece. If you're interested in ordering one, then uh, send us an email at 615preps at gmail.com. Uh, we'll tell you, uh, we'll get back with you, give us your, you know, the size you need, and uh, we'll and we'll respond with uh, payment information. And we can get one of these wonderful shirts out to you. Like I said, so soft and, and very, very nice. Uh, we can also do them in, uh, in kid sizes as well. Right. So... There you have it. Yeah, I really, really like that shirt, but not as much as somebody else I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff there. So um, let's answer some mailbag questions. Sure. 
So since Tom is out this week, we figured we would try something a little bit different in this segment, and we put out a call for questions on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. Most of them answered through Instagram, which is honestly fine. Uh, so we wanted to uh, kind of see what you guys wanted to talk about this week, and let's go ahead and get started. Jay Johnson underscore 222 asks, do you think Watertown's finally found their grove? I think he means groove, but we'll we'll go with it. Has Watertown find, finally found their groove? Their, their groove? I think so. I, I, I watched the uh, DeKalb-Watertown uh, game, and one thing that impressed me was just how well their offensive line played in that game. Uh, you know, they're, they're earth movers, and they did a really spectacular job of uh, harassing uh, Briz, uh, Briz Trap, the quarterback for DeKalb County, uh, pushing him back. So I think that uh, – I think they're finding it. Um, you know, I, are they ready for Trousdale or any – you know, I'm not willing to say that yet, but I think that they're getting the ship righted right now. That's a good point, and I kind of agree with that. Um, looking at their schedule the rest of the way, you know, they've got White's Creek this week, and then they're at Upperman next week, which is going to be kind of a measuring stick for them to see where they are. Get past that game, and then they've got East Robertson, Harpeth, and Livingston Academy before the finale at Trousdale County. They've got a chance to really get rolling before that regular season finale when it really matters. So have they totally agree. Yeah, maybe not necessarily, but there's going to be an opportunity for them to do so this season. So the Watertown's getting in the right direction at this point, and they can shake off that tough start. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next question from Aiden Marie underscore nine. Now we'll receive for station camp. He asked about station camp. Well, station camp is a team we didn't see coming. We didn't really think that they would do much this year. I don't think anybody outside of station camp thought they would do much this year, but, uh, here they are sitting 4-0 and really kind of in a good position to flip the script on 2020 when they finished 1-10. And, and Scott, I mean, this team has come out of nowhere, but really the defense has been the big reason why. Yeah, the defense has been incredible. And basically going uh, going back to basics on the offensive side, uh, doing a good job with fundamentals, turning teams over and capitalizing, uh, they're doing – they're they're rebuilding, but they're doing it in the right way. Uh, it's it's amazing uh, what this team uh, has accomplished in in you know less than a year, just turning this around and everything else. And you know, Chris, you and I were talking uh, uh, before uh, the show started uh, very much about Station Camp and the opportunity that's going to come up in a couple of weeks uh, with their schedule. They look to meet head to head with Mount Juliet in an undefeated battle, unless they stub their toe on somebody beforehand, uh, that very well could be a very, very large game uh, for this uh, Region 5, Class 5A. Yeah, we talked about you know, Mount Juliet playing Hillsboro for that particular region championship in the preseason. That's that's not going to materialize, it doesn't look like. Right now, this September, 20, or September 30th game, a Thursday nighter, if we understand the schedule correctly, at Station Camp against Mount Juliet, looks to be the top game for that region this year, at least to, the, to this point. Now, Station Camp is off this week. They go and host West Creek next week, a game they can easily win, and they should be 5-0 and when they get to play Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet should also be 5-0 and when they get to this point, and possibly even 6-0, and depending on their schedule. I haven't checked their schedule for a minute, but it, it could be two unbeaten teams on a Thursday night at station camp on something that they have not had. This program hasn't had much to be excited about, but this year, boy, it's been a lot different. 
and, and there's a buzz around station camp with this team and what they could possibly do in 5A. It, it's going to be a real treat to see these two teams play head-to-head, possibly for region title at the end of September. Well, Chris, you, you talked about their schedule, and just so you know, the September 17th, they have, they're at White County, Mount Juliet is, and then the 24th, they're home against Wilson Central. So, so two region games, two you know, region back, back games, Mount Juliet. So the Mount Juliet can can absolutely not afford to look forward to station. No, game. they've got they've got tasks ahead of them. Exactly. So that could be potentially an undefeated versus undefeated game, but a lot can happen between now and the end of September. Mm-hmm. Nick from six one five underscore says still have high hopes for Stratford. Hmm. I was high Stratford for this for this reason because the region that they're in other than East Nashville, is fairly weak. I still think that's the case. I still think they're number two. And they played East Nashville pretty tough. Let's just call it like it is. That's not an awful loss for Stratford. Yeah, they're one and three right now, but the game that mattered, they played okay in, and that's going to be good for them going forward. I'm not as concerned about Stratford as I am, you know, whether they can knock off a little bit of the rust and, and try to turn the record around. They'll be okay going forward. I mean, the, the losses were to Overton, East Nashville, and McGavick. Yeah, you don't want to lose those games, but offense is starting to get right, and they'll be okay. Now, the region is still there for them to be number two because Smith County and Jackson County are who they've got left. Right, and that Smith County game will be will be the game that uh, that they're they've got circled on their schedule. Uh, they beat uh, Smith County. Uh, they should be able to take care of the, the rest of the games. So, yeah, I'm like you, Chris. I don't see – it's not panic time for Stratford right now. What Stratford needs to do is make sure that they're they're playing better every week and they're moving forward. And so when they do uh, – if they do get to the postseason, that they're actually doing it and they're actually gaining momentum. They don't want to get in there and squeak in the back door and be gone, you know, first ones out. So yeah. – uh, no, not not down on Stratford at all. They they've they've got time to you know right the ship and but you know what they do from here, everything they do from here builds, yeah. you know all the way up. And this is actually I should mention this. They are at Maplewood this week in a region game, so this is a, an important week for them to to really get right. I mean, yeah, they are they are one and three. They've lost their last three games, but again they played East Nashville fairly tight. It was forty one thirty three. So. Not a not a time to hit the panic button for Stratford at all because the schedule sets up for them to get right before the end of the season. So right. I'm not concerned about Stratford yet. Now, if they lose to Maplewood, all bets are off. That that's a game they can't lose. So oh no 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 you're no you, you lose that one and it's going to be very very difficult. Yeah, going forward. Yeah. So next one in our mailbag, Tyler fifty six Evans asks thoughts on Heritage High School. We're going to assume, even though we shouldn't, we're going to assume that he meets White House Heritage. Yeah, because I don't know anything about Heritage High School, the other one out in East Tennessee. So right. we'll talk about White House Heritage. Um, uh, I I think White House Heritage is uh, is fine right now. I think they've played two Kentucky teams. Uh, they beat the team they were uh, supposed to beat in East Robertson. Uh, they lost to Dawson Christian, and uh, yeah, yeah, they gave up a lot of points, but. Uh, all those are games that you're honing yourself against as you go into now the rest of their games all the way out are all region games. So 
quite frankly, I think that they, okay, they're, they're working some things out and doing some things and getting everything right. Uh, you know, and then they've got uh, Sycamore this week who uh, in all, you know, for all intents and purposes, they should beat that one. The big game though is going to come up September 24th when they play Fairview at home. Yeah. I'm not concerned about the DCA loss. I mean, you get better against teams like that. Most yep. teams are, are losing to DCA anyway. So, you know, that's a game that you just learn from and move forward. But, yeah, having all region games the rest of the way, there's not much room for error for White House Heritage. But playing Sycamore first and get get a good region win under your belt before you play Fairview. And then you've got Cheatham County Central, then Waverly, then Stewart County, then White House. It gets tougher in the last yep. three weeks. But – they can put themselves in a position to make the playoffs regardless if they can just get a couple of wins against Sycamore Cheatham County. Fairview is a good measuring stick game for them. Heritage is going to be all right, but it's not going to be easy for them because this region is, is fairly is fairly even at the top, I think. Oh, yeah. I think that, that it, this region is uh, still kind of up for grabs, quite frankly. Um, now, Fairview's got a pretty good hold there, but – you know, the way things are going this year, you know, it you, one stumble and it's chaos. We've seen it in other regions, uh, you know, so you never know. And then, of course, you have the bugaboo that is the C word out there that, uh, you know, all these games right now are important. You may you may think that, OK, I can write the ship down the line, but there's no guarantee that you're not going to get bit by that bug in a region week. And all of a sudden you've got a not a loss, but you didn't get that win. And the other team did. And you just really don't know. So every game right now is important. Yep. Yep, definitely. Let's see. JT underscore Franklin 2005 asks, <laughs> what do you think about Gordonsville finding a game this week three hours away? We talked about them in the last segment. Gordonsville going out to Stewart County. And honestly, this is a good thing for Gordonsville. They needed a game to, to get back to 10 after Pickett County pulled out early this year. So it's a good measuring stick game for Gordonsville because when you're a 1A team and you get the chance to play against a, a pretty good 3A opponent, you know, it's a good thing for you. you. Forget about the overall record. Go get better. And this is a chance for them to do that. So I'm not worried about the travel situation because teams have to do this all the time considering when this in this day and age where you've got COVID running rampant and games are getting canceled and you've got to find somebody to replace that in your schedule. When you can find a good opponent to play, you do it. Well, iron sharp sharpens iron, right? Yeah. I mean, you go, you know, we just got through talking about, uh, you know, White House Heritage going up and playing two strong Kentucky teams and then playing Donaldson Christian. You, this is Gordon's, Gordonsville's uh, preparing for the next level of competition and going three hours to do it. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, it could be a region game and they're up in Clarksville having to drive all the way to Tullahoma. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, so this one is, uh, I mean, it's a nice drive. You know, I've made it several times, stop in Clarksville, <laughs> get you, you know. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that I agree with you, Chris. I think it's a great opportunity for Gordonsville um, to, to get better, to kind of see some people that are see an offense or see uh, uh, an opponent they don't see often. Uh, you know, use it as a learning experience and get better. And not only that, you can treat this like it's a playoff atmosphere because you're going to have to travel in the playoffs anyway in most circumstances. Go ahead and get yourselves mentally and physically ready for that grind because 
this type of game is what you're going to have to win in November in order to go where you want to go. So why not get that experience and that attitude in there when you get a chance? And this is a great week for them to do that. Good ad for going for their schedule. We'll see how that plays out. Right. 1K. Bryce three ask Indy versus Franklin prediction. Unfortunately, this is from Bryce Sparks of Franklin, and uh, I I want to see Franklin get right this week. And what I mean by that is I need to see this offense start to get off the ground because they've been knocked around quite a bit in the first part of the season. It's been tough on them, and they're still growing. They're getting better every week, but it's not really showing up in the scoreboard. No, Indy, it's not. And, and, and the problem is Indy is looking to get right themselves. They've been knocked around more than anybody in, in the first four games. Yeah, it, it, right now, Franklin is uh, just suffering from, uh, you know, some infancy on the offensive side of the ball. They just uh, – they're still putting some things together, I think. There's a lot of talent on that team. It's just a matter of, you know, getting together, you know, getting the system right, Um but Independence is not a team you get well against, uh, in my opinion. I think that Indy may be just a little step ahead of Franklin right now. Uh, do I think that Franklin can beat him? Absolutely, I think they can beat him. But Indy's going to have to make mistakes. Franklin's going to have to turn them over. Uh, Franklin's going to have to make no mistakes and capitalize. So, you know, Indy versus Franklin, is it anybody's game? Certainly. But is it likely that Franklin pulls the upset? If you're, you know, if you're pushing me, I would say that I think Indy has the 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 step up on them. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just going to have to take a a flawless game from Franklin to do it. Uh, Indy yep. is in a position that they're mad. They've been knocked around. They feel like they've been disrespected a little bit, and and their schedule's been tough. They're preparing themselves for, you know, later this year. And they're going to be better as a result of the games they've already played. Forget the record. You know, are they getting better every week? They are. And that's why I think independence is going to start to improve and get right. And I'm afraid Franklin may be in the, in the train tracks right now because Indy's on the warpath. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that you're right. I mean, this is not the I, – I don't think this is the time to be playing independence. Like you said, I think that they'll have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, you look at the teams that they played, CPA, Lipscomb Academy, Pope, Jump Paul, those are the games they lost. Uh, you know, they, they, and when they, when they, when they were feeling frisky and had an opponent that they had a little bit over, they pounded them 35 to nothing. That was centennial. Uh, and you know, right now, yeah, I, I agree. I think that right now, uh, independence is probably a little bit ticked off. Uh, but that's not to say that Franklin isn't either. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, it's, I, I'm, you know, if you'd asked me to pick the game, which you did. I would pick Indy, but it wouldn't surprise me if Franklin doesn't make a heck of a game out of this. And, and Franklin needs to, frankly, because you know they they've got to show that they're improving. I mean, it's a tough year for them. They're, they're trying to rebuild after losing a lot to graduation last year. Mm-hmm. New coaching staff coming on, a lot of changes at Franklin. They're just trying to kind of get back to where they were a year ago. It's just taking. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take some time, right? A lot of good questions this week. You know, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll do this again at a later date. So appreciate the questions coming in for that. So let's take it to a break and then we'll come back with who you got. This is the Mid-State 48 powered by 615 Preps. We are back after this. Welcome back to the Mid-State 48 powered by 615 Preps. We do this every week. It's time for who you got. 
Yeah, last week was a fun week with the picks. Uh, some most everybody did pretty well. Let's just go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and pull those up real quick. Start with uh, Station Camp and Gallatin. I'm gonna brag a little bit because <laughs> Station Camp, you're welcome. <laughs> Told you so. Nice. I see. I see what Mark you did there. Green. Marked it in green and everything, just to yeah. just to brighten it up. Uh, Reggie missed NBA at CPA. Everybody else got that one right. Also missed Nolan's Hole at Ensworth. Everybody else got that right. No, Scott, uh, Scott Reggie Independence. Yeah, I, I did. I, I thought that uh, Independence would be mad a little bit earlier than that, but uh, uh, yeah, that I missed it. Let's see. And Watertown, Drake missed Watertown to Cap County. He mm -hmm. got everybody, everybody else got to Cap County on that. One. I, actually, Drake got it right, and we all got it wrong. This is true. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll change the colors on that and get it right next week. Yeah. This is what happens when you get everything early for once. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reggie was feeling it. <laughs> Reggie was definitely feeling it. <laughs> Uh, Macon County, I missed it. Reggie missed it. Everybody else got Charleston County. Portland, yeah. Reggie missed it. The fans missed it. Everybody else got White House. But it looked like at the ha I'll tell you what, at halftime, Reggie was looking like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, Tom was a miss on Siegel. Everybody else had Lebanon. Reggie and Drake missed Columbia over Green Hill. Everybody else got the Hawks in that one. And we all took Gordonsville over Eagleville and managed to get that right. So let's look at the standings, which actually should be a loss for everybody else but Drake. So Drake and Scott are you you two are actually tied. Joshua Drake is actually ahead of you. Sorry. Uh yeah. Well no, we're tied, right? No, he's ahead of you because you got you took a loss. He got I took a Oh I took oh yeah, that's right. I, I did. Switched, I, I should switch your yeah. name and his basically. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yep. 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 So my, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing well on the. On my the, my my fall on the on the picks up with the picks. We'll do that. We'll do better next week. Let's get into this week's picks for week number. I should say week five. Uh, yeah, Clarksville and Beach. We're all taking Beach. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Well, yeah. Well, you know, Beach has had a week to stew on their loss to Hendersonville when they, uh, you know, basically got dominated in just about every phase of the game. Um, I would not. Uh, I would not want to be Clarksville this week, quite frankly. It's probably the worst week to uh, schedule or have them scheduled. But uh, I, it's going to be interesting. Coach Crabtree talked about, uh, uh, you know, getting things going back to basics, simplifying some things. I think that means we'll see a lot of Patrick Nix uh, in this game. Uh, Clarksville, you know, they're finding out who they are at quarterback with Rashawn Bowling. It's an interesting matchup, but I think Beach has a lot more to play for. They can't afford to go 0-2 in region. Not at all. Yeah. And at all. Uh, they got a little more skill at the, the those positions, at, at the skill positions, I think. they. So I'm, I would go with Beach. Yeah, I think uh, giving Beach a week off would be a good thing for them. Clarksville's going to get a chance to get a little bit healthier, too. They've missed having some players in their lineup the last couple of weeks, too, for various reasons. And um, – that's that's a fairly large roster that they need to put on the field, and they haven't been mm -hmm. able to do it yet. So a chance for them to get a little healthier would be good for them going forward. But uh, give Beach a week off, and they'll they'll find a way to get right. They usually do. So I'm taking the Bucks this week as well. Davidson Academy at BGA, a critical region game for these two teams because number three seed in that region is is kind of important. 
Oh yeah, it's it's incredibly important. This is a uh, you know this is one of those games with Davidson Academy when they they moved up to this uh, to this level that uh, this is one of the ones we circled that was going to be interesting to see how they did against a, a, a BGA. Um, I think that you know it's a huge game because both these teams still have Lipscomb on their schedule, yep. so they really need this game. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a little bit more defensive game than uh, some people may think. I mean, there's a lot of firepower on both sides, but I think uh, if I'm going to go with the team with defense, I'm going with the team with Kendall Ball. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and that's the point I wanted to make. On you know, it, when you're talking about defensive with Kendall Ball, Jalen Brockman, and others on that side of the football for Davidson Academy, they've been there, they've been in those big games, and Good luck trying to block those guys if you're BJ's offensive line. I think they can, but you know, it's it's not a matter of if they get to the quarterback, it's a win. Because right. eventually, given enough time, they're gonna they're gonna find their way to the quarterback. And Brett Brown's gonna have to handle some pressure a little bit this week. And uh, we'll see how well he does with that Davidson Academy pressure. Yeah, David Davidson Academy averages two sacks and two over two picks a game. So uh, like you said, Chris, defense is gonna be the tell here. Yep. Father Ryan at NBA, when we looked at these teams at the first year, you thought NBA would have been favored here, but uh, you know, Father Ryan has found their way into the mix. Well, Chris, I'm going to give you props here because you saw Father Ryan coming. You 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 did. Um, I And I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. I do. Um, I think NBA is up against a wall here. Uh, I think that uh, you know, a loss here and there in real trouble. And that's why I think they're going to grind it out, try to keep Father Ryan on the ground. Uh, I like the big grade to bounce back. I think uh, their defense is going to get after after Father Ryan. So that, that's that's my thinking. But uh, I think it'll be a very, very close game. Father Ryan, I think, is a team that's still trying to prove itself, really. I mean, and a lot of teams have been in this situation this year where – you have your best game against NBA and it works out. And you know, we saw Pearl Cone do that. You know, the teams that have beaten NBA have played really well against them. I mean, Ravenwood had a poor night with turnovers in week one. But other than that, you know, teams have played very well against NBA. And I expect Father Ryan to do that this week. And it's a reason I'm taking them, even though they're on the road. Well, and Marcel Reed had a horrible game last week. Uh, through three picks. That, if you look at the stats on the stat sheet, you wouldn't have thought the game. You, you would have thought the game was like a one-point game. I mean, it it was just that close. How close all the stats were, but it was the three turnovers that made all the difference last week. NBA is generally a more fundamental, disciplined team than that. I just think that they make a point of it this week, and and they they get uh, they get back on the winning side. Green Hill at Hillsboro, and it, this is a much bigger game for Hillsboro than anybody in Green Hill because if the Burles lose this region game, they are in serious trouble as far as making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think at uh, Green Hill, you know, Green Hill is a ride on 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 a on the high. They they are actually believing. Uh, you know, Coach Crouch is doing a tremendous job over there. Hillsboro, you know, they're a little bit of an anomaly. I, they're very young, and they—they just their offense is just struggling. Um, the interesting thing in this game is, you know, Lamberth is going to, you know, the Green Hill running back. He had a ton of yards last week. Um, 
But you know, the the thing is, I expect a better game out of Hillsborough. Um, you know, they've got to be able to keep their quarterback clean, though. That's that's the thing. If I think Greenhill goes after this guy uh, after their quarterback early and often, I think he tries to push them into mistakes. If he does that, and with Lambert on the ground, I just think Greenhill's a much better position to win this game. Drake's going with Hillsboro. The rest of us are taking Green Hill on this one. Um, we'll recap these picks at the end as well. Kenwood at Springfield, a game that you will be at yourself this week. And all of us taking Springfield this week. Um, it, Springfield, I think, just wants to bounce back. They lost 7-6 to six to Wilson Central in a game that, quite honestly, I didn't think they'd lose. Yeah, well, and they, you know, it was kind of a, a not a typical Springfield game because uh, they – had difficulty punching some uh, some drives in and went for kicks. Missed the next point, missed three field goals. Really had a chance to win this, and uh, it just didn't happen for them. Uh, you know, those things happen. But I think that you know, Coach Wilson will have them back and focused and and you know, really uh, grinding it out. But the big thing here is, you know, Kenwood uh, Kenwood has a lot of uh, talent on that team, but there's some. He's got to get those guys disciplined. They, their their quarterback was thrown out of the game last week for two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which means that he won't be available this week. Which means that they'll be starting a. I think their junior quarterback uh, will be. Uh, they had were I think splitting between the sophomore and a, and a junior quarterback, but I think the sophomore got hurt. He may come back. I don't know, um, but quite frankly. That hurts because he is a very, very dynamic player and was the wild card, probably the one guy that could match up with Devin Crenshaw uh, as far as breaking runs and, and throwing the ball. Him not in the lineup, and that makes this game very, very difficult for the Knights. Yep. Let's go to the second half of these picks, starting with Nolansville at Columbia. Reggie's going with Columbia, and the rest of us are taking the Knights on the road. Uh. Right now, Columbia's got it. Un, un, unlike them, their defense is giving up chunks of yards on the ground. You know, Samson Johnson's just got, had to look at the schedule and just licking his lips here because uh, he may he may wear out a pair of those fancy shoes running this week. Uh, I think Nolansville uh, runs early, runs often, and uh, and gets out uh, in front of Columbia and doesn't look back this week. Yeah, they're itching to get back at it after a 59-6 to loss at Ensworth where they were just stymied offensively. So this could be a night where they just open things up, and, and Samson Johnson has all sorts of running room. Uh, Columbia is going to face a mad Nolensville team, and I'm not sure they're ready for it. Rockville at Riverdale in a battle of unbeaten teams in Rutherford County. Rockville at 4-0, the surprise – I think it's 3-0, actually. 3-0 Rockville. It, the surprise, really, of, of Rutherford County right now. Heading to Riverdale to face that Warrior defense that's been stingy to everybody. Yeah, but, you know, Rockville's got a lot more talent than people realize. Um, you know, their quarterback, I watched film on him, and very poised in the pocket, Logan Nowacki. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, going phonetically. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you look at him in the pocket. He, you know, he's got good form. He can throw on the run. He's accurate. Um, that being said, you're going up against what may be the toughest defense in in the state of Tennessee right now, and 
that's just uh, a recipe for <laughs> uh, uh, no happy ending there. I, I think the uh, Warriors, and quite frankly, uh, Chris, and you, you saw him in person. It uh, looks like Jameson Holcomb is playing much better this year, making better decisions. Yeah, he really is. And uh, you know, that offense, they struggled a little bit at Shelbyville last week. But other than that, they played fairly well in the first four weeks of the season. And I expect Riverdale to come out, you know, with Marcus Lloyd and Jameson Holcomb establishing things on offense. We will find out more about Rockdale this week than we have the first four weeks of the season. But right now, everybody's got Riverdale on this one across the board. So uh, yeah. we're all picking the Warriors to move to 5-0 and in the year. Let's stay in Rutherford County. Stewart's Creek at Blackman in a key game for this region because the winner here pretty much has a shot of the playoffs while the loser is going to have some work to do. I struggled with this game, quite frankly, Chris. I thought that what Blackman is good at, Stewart's Creek might have trouble with. What Stewart's Creek is good at, Blackman might have trouble with because you've got two contrasting styles here. You've got a uh, – you've got – Stewart's Creek with a grind, uh, grinding, but a dynamic runner in Gabe Walker. I think that, uh, you know, it's really just going to depend on can Stewart's Creek get out ahead and maintain possession. If they get behind a touchdown or two to Blackman, it could be a problem. I think I like Stewart's Creek here just basically because I think that um, they're, I think they're a little bit more secure in who they are as a team really the edge to me was because Stewart's Creek special teams may make the difference in this game and you've got one of the best kickers in the state and up the Bellenfont you can do some things in special teams to help flip field position or put points on the board and Stewart's Creek's kicking game is a little bit better than Blackman's and I think that's why they may very well win this game and they would be two and oh right now if their kicking game hadn't gotten in what was it ejected in week one, probably? Yeah, yeah, that, I think that would be a correct statement. Uh, Tom and Reggie go with Blackman. The rest of us took Stewart's Creek this week, so we'll see how that one shapes out split across the board there. Game we would not normally cover with a team out of our coverage area, but with circumstances having been the way they are, we're adding it to our schedule this week. White House is facing Waverly. This game is being played at Nissan Stadium on Thursday night, and we're going to be there for that one. So. Waverly will be the home team on the scoreboard in this one. Drake is taking White House. Tom, Scott, and myself, we're all taking Waverly. We'll get Reggie's pick in just a second. But let's talk about this game briefly for a minute because it's a key region game for these two teams. Yeah, it's likely that the loser of this game is going to be left outside in the cold. Uh, likely, not not guaranteed. But uh, Really, these two teams, I think, match up well, and I think their offenses are similar in that they both have good quarterbacks that, that drive their team, that are mobile, that make plays with their feet and uh, throwing the ball, although I think uh, uh, Waverly's quarterback, uh, Daniel Dooley, is a little bit more polished passing the ball. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I just think Waverly, truthfully, this didn't come down to a matter of um, didn't come down to a matter of uh, talent to me. I just you – know, Waverly's carrying the, the weight of an entire county on their back right now, and they are playing with something that you can't coach right now, which is, I think is a sense of purpose. And you have a purpose-driven team, uh, everybody pulling together in the same direction. It's hard to beat. Yeah, 
and and this is going to serve as both Waverly's homecoming and senior night game as well at Nissan Stadium. They, they're going to have Titans Radio is doing the game. It's going to be entire production for Waverly as it is a home game. So it's going to be a fun night, obviously, to be at the stadium covering this game. And we're ready to see how this one plays out. Let's get Reggie's pick real quick before we do that. Reggie's going with White House. Yeah. So, contrary I to argue belief, with he does not go solely for cat teams. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's close out our picks with our spotlight game of the week. The Battle of the Woods resumes at Brentwood with Ravenwood and Brentwood. And Reggie's going with Brentwood while the rest of us taking the Raptors in this one. Uh, what do you like in this game, Scott? Uh, what I like in this game, I like, uh, I like Chris Parson. <laughs> That's what I like in this game. You look at uh, how Brentwood played against Summit. It's funny how everybody's chasing Summit at this point right now. Uh, but I looked at that, and what I saw was uh, basically a similar offense to what uh, to what. Uh, win against Brentwood there. I think you have a dynamic quarterback. I think he makes all the difference in the world right now uh, with Ravenwood. And, you know, they've played extremely well after that opening loss. Um, so, yeah, right right now it's hard for me to 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 see Ravenwood uh, let up and take their foot off the gas against Brentwood, especially with, uh, uh, you know, a little neighborhood rivalry on the line. Yeah, and Ravenwood's health getting better is a big key in this game, too. They, they had some players missing early in the season that they're getting back at just the right time to kind of make a run. And I think we'll see the Raptors kind of get more toward what they thought we thought they might be this season. Now, this game's always close, and Brentwood will probably keep it close. It was close. It went to overtime last year. I expect nothing but a close game here this week because these two teams – just played tooth and nail against each other in the regular season. So be a fun atmosphere. Brentwood looking forward to being over there for that one. And should be a good one between those two rivals in the battle of the woods. Well, that's it for who he got. And that is it for this week. That's all we've got time for here on the mid state 48. Before we go, I want to thank everybody for watching and following on social media. Obviously, Stay with 615preps.com. We'll have more coverage as the week goes on and over the weekend when these games get played. But uh, one quick last word before we get here, Scott. Yeah. Um, you get a chance. Go out and and take in a game this weekend. Uh, you know, get out there and, and participate in uh, the great thing that is high school sports uh, and uh, support your local team in any way you, you possibly can. Uh, these kids are, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great time. Just, you know, be smart, you know, with the way you, you distance yourself. And if you, you know, uh, but yeah, if you can, get out there. Go to Nissan Stadium Thursday night. I mean, tickets are going to be free. You can get them online. Uh, donations are going to Waverly to help their program and that community. It, it's for a good cause. Should be a fun night at the stadium. It should be a great game. Happy to be out there and excited for that one and for this whole oh, yeah. week for that matter. So looking forward to it and get out and enjoy the games this week. And we will talk to you in a week's time. For Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thanks for watching the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps. We'll see you next week. Get your shirts here. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.